I just love improbable stories that make you sit up and think, wow, how amazing. I wish I could do that. And that is precisely what this week's guests are all about. Back in 2018, a group of middle-aged, overweight, unfit, unhealthy London black cab drivers answered a tweet that ultimately would lead to a few brave men to take a chance that would change their lives and help many more. After a year of harsh military training regime, a change in diet and mindset, three intrepid cabbies set off on an adventure of a lifetime to climb Kilimanjaro. Not only did the fat cabbies, their words not mine, reach the summit, but they shed a ton of weight and raised around £20,000 for the taxi charity for military veterans. Oh, and by the way, they've been made ambassadors for Tanzania. This then is the story of Darren Parr and John Delane, aka Cabbies Do Kilimanjaro. I'm Steve Lazarus, and this is your London Legacy. Before we meet this week's wonderful guest, here's a little something for you. If you're a fan of the show and would like to get involved and support us at Your London Legacy and help us keep producing amazing content just for you, you can get involved over on our Patreon page. We take every penny and we'll reinvest it back into the show. If you want to get involved and get hold of some really cool benefits or have us create your very own London Legacy episode or maybe meet up with us and other London Legacy lovers in London, you can do that too over at www.patreon.com forward slash your London Legacy. Okay, let's get on with the show. So I'm delighted today to be in the back of yet another black cab. It's not, not the first black cab I've had an interview in. It probably won't be the last either, but we are sat here today. I'm delighted to welcome to the show Darren Parr and John Delane. Have yep. I pronounced that correctly? That's correct, yes. Not Delaney, Delane. Delane. John Delane. Two London black cabbies, better known as, what do you call yourselves now? Uh, cabbies do Kilimanjaro. Cabbies do Kilimanjaro. And... I've no doubt that any Londoner worth their salts will have seen your cabs, which are all logoed up driving around the streets of London. They certainly are. And they would have seen you or heard you guys, because you, you are now, I don't know about famous, but you're now <laughs> getting some notoriety and some yeah. fame for... We've been about a bit. You've been, you've been about a bit. <laughs> yeah. So before we dig into the story of um, Cabbies Do Kilimanjaro, just let's find out a little bit about, about you guys, first of all. Obviously, you're both London cabbies. John, how long have you been cabbying for um i'm quite new seven just over seven years i've been a cab driver for okay what yeah. were you doing before that i was living in spain oh yeah. okay where are you running away from no <laughs> life in general <laughs> <laughs> they caught up with you and brought you back did they <laughs> Very credit crunch okay um fantastic whereabouts in spain were you down in malaga Okay, lovely part yeah. of the world. Yeah. Yes. No. Know it well. Yeah, you yeah. know it, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I used to go there many, many times. My parents used to have a place. That's another story. My yeah, parents yeah. used to have a place down in Fuengarola. Oh, yeah. Funny, there, funny gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know it? Funky town, <laughs> used to, funky town used to call it. It used to be yeah. lovely. Yeah. A few dodgy golf trips down that way. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm surprised you remember them. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lovely part of the world. Okay, and what about you, Darren? Yeah, I've been a, a London taxi driver for 14 years now. 14? Yeah, 14, yeah. It's uh, a baby compared to some. It, it certainly is, but it don't it don't feel like a baby. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not a butter boy anymore. You know what a butter boy is. No, please explain. So, uh, a butter boy is uh, a cabbie who's been out for five years or less. Uh -huh. The rest of us refer to them as butter boys. You can tell by the butter boy, but usually his badge number. You can tell uh, how, how long he's been More recent. Out. 
Yeah. Or, uh, so what, what? Go on. You better explain if it's not too rude. What? Or, no, no. It's, it's just uh, what they're just turning their bread and butter. And no, it's not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's because like they'd say you're nothing but a boy. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 nothing but a boy. Come on, Dad. You get, get, get with the program. The yeah. <laughs> so obviously, London is your patch. You, you enjoy, you know, you enjoy what you do. You yeah. love driving around yeah. London, our beautiful city. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. The traffic's pretty bad, but apart from that, on a day like today, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Well, we're parked up here in. Are we in the outer ring road here of Regent's Park? Yeah, outer, outer circle. circle. Yeah. That's what it's called, outer circle. So we're recording this in the back of uh, Darren's cab. Plenty of room, nice and spacious. Very modern cab. I can see you've got the facilities to take money from me. <laughs> touch, all, touch screen. All taxis have to uh, have credit cards. I know they do now. now. Yeah. So, uh, how, how times have changed, eh? Yeah. Yeah. None of us passing we, money through the window now. I, I must admit, we 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 did need a bit of a, a kick up the, the the butt. Well, you were being slightly overtaken, weren't you, by some competitors? Yes. I'm not saying anything about whether they're good or bad, but in terms of the way the public use use just in the cashless yeah, society, cashless society. It's becoming, we needed to, we needed to uh, evolve. Yeah, and we have, and we have, yeah, and it's it's made a difference. It's uh, yeah, and we don't charge any percentage or anything like that. So that's that's good for the customer as well. It's made a difference in terms of the speed of the transaction. You can get on with your day and move on to the next one instead of faffing around looking for change and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I work the airport a lot. I've had enough of. Uh, getting stuck in traffic uh, around town so uh, I, I usually drive straight out to the airports in the morning uh, straight out to Heathrow and uh, just work out of there so you were actually at Heathrow early this morning I think weren't you four I was yeah or something four, this four o'clock I get out of Blackheath so yeah. uh, it takes me about 40 minutes that's all in the morning to get yeah. out there and then usually four hours between jobs but uh, especially with what we're doing cabbies do Kilimanjaro there's uh, always lots to do uh, to fill in, um, very rarely sort of uh, am I sitting there twiddling my thumbs doing nothing. No, so you're the social media guru, I understand. You're the one who's got the time and the energy and the inclination to do all the posts. I eat, drink and sleep. Cabbies do Kilimanjaro, Steve. Uh-huh. Well, you're doing uh, a very good job of it. And when we put all the posts, all the tags and links out afterwards, it'll all be your fault. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah, no, we, we do our best and I don't think we've done a bad job. No, I honest. think you've done a fantastic job. Thank you. So let's dig into that now because I know you guys are in a little bit of a press for time because you've got another meeting coming up straight after this to discuss your next exploits. So we'll we'll touch on that before we before we wind up. So there's two of you now. I think you started off with we started off seven. Well, of originally you, there, was, there was ten. Ten of you at the start of of last um, when we first just over about 13, 14 months ago when the tweet first went out. Does anyone fancy losing weight and climbing Kilimanjaro next year? Uh-huh. I think uh, ten people replied. So whose madcap idea was that? Uh, that was Roche. Okay. He was he was the original founder of the idea. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he put the tweet out. I was about to go to the gym. I just started the umpteenth diet that I'd started in the last two years. I was just over 20 stone. Wow. Just about to go to the gym. I looked at the, the phone. I thought, he must be mad. But then I got on the cross trainer down there, and the endorphins started kicking in. I thought, I fancy some of that. So I went back and uh, DM'd him straight away, and uh, the rest I'm was in. history for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I really fancy that. I've still got the original message I sent to him on that Is this day. a Twitter for yeah, cabbies? Yeah, Is we all the... follow each other, so right. we, we can tell each other where, the, where like, there's road closures, where there's work. Speed traps. Speed traps. <laughs> you guys don't all sort, speed. All sorts of You're traps. You're all good boys. Yeah, you yeah. don't speed. <laughs> so, no, that's right. But it just, just makes sense for cab drivers to have all our eyes on the road in London and, and other things that we can help each other out during the day with. So Roche puts this message out 
anyone up for this. And I don't believe it was his idea either. I think what it I was, saw was his, his daughter's. It was his sister. His sister. His sister, yeah, because he, he obviously was struggling with his weight. And she said, you need a goal at the end. How about climbing Kilimanjaro? Uh-huh. And, 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 and raising some money for the London taxi charity for uh, military veterans. So that was the idea right from the very beginning. Yeah, exactly, that, that yeah. was that's what that's yeah. what the tweet said. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. This so how quick were you up on the take that up? Uh, I, I, I was I was quite quick. I, I follow sort of uh, Twitter uh, and I see it come up, and I, I'd already like uh, likewise like John. I'd uh, I'd started training again. I was over twenty stone as well, uh, having trouble sort of playing with the grandkids and it just stuff you know close even getting close to fit and stuff like that and, and that that just absolutely floated uh, uh my boat straight away i just looked at it and i'd actually climbed a mountain about 12 years ago with ben fogel on a tv program called extreme dreams and over the 12 years i'd gradually sort of uh i'd tasted it i knew what it was like and i'd always longed for it again how did that one come about uh, I was sitting outside Liverpool Street Station looking at a taxi paper and it said, uh, is anyone fancy climbing a mountain, cl- crossing a glacier, or walking across a desert? Call this number. So I did. said, I'm a fat cabbie, you know. <laughs> same, same sort of thing. I'm a fat cabbie, want to lose some weight. My wife said, uh, I drink too much, smoke too much, and eat the wrong stuff. Unless I sort myself out, I'm going to be, be dying younger than I should have done. Yeah. So I applied for that, lucky enough. So uh, I actually went to Uganda and climbed uh, 16,000 foot Mount Baker. And unbeknown to us, there was a, there was a mega trip, uh, a mega expedition to Venezuela. And uh, Ben got to choose one from each of the expeditions. And he chose me from Uganda. So I ended up going to Venezuela and uh, trekking 80 miles across the Grand Sabana and climbing Mount Ruama, which is Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World, what yeah. he wrote about. Yeah, stunning. And climb that, yeah. So, uh, so this was like, a no-brainer for you then, really. Uh, it just, it, I felt exactly the same, you know. Over the the uh, the, the twelve years, uh, I just sort of lapsed into uh, being overweight again. Uh, but this time, I had grandchildren, and that they're really what triggered it for me, you know. The grandkids uh, wanted to be able to enjoy enjoy them. And, and actually sort of run about a game of football with them and, and stuff like that. So uh, I knew I needed a goal. I knew I needed... I'm no good if I just... If I'm going to do it because I want to look good. I don't I don't do it to look good. I do it because uh, there's a goal at the end of it, you know. There's uh, there's something that if I don't go to the gym, there's going to be a consequence. That's what that's what floats my boat. Uh-huh. That's interesting because you're talking of goals and it obviously appealed to both of you. There was more than just the two of you started off doing this, so it didn't appeal to everyone. A lot of people couldn't keep up with the goal that they had, you know, yeah, before them for various basically reasons. Basically, everyone's different, aren't they? Mm. Because Some, Ross, it was Ross's yeah, idea. Ross's idea. Well, he promoted it, but yeah, unfortunately, Ross, for various yeah, reasons, didn't he was didn't um, he, had, he had a bit of a... We weren't smokers. I mean, Darren has a vape, but he doesn't smoke. Ross is a smoker, so he had that to contend with as well, as well as being he was very unfit. And he just he just couldn't get it together basically, but um... he wasn't really motivated in the. Uh, he was great with all the social media side, and he put everything together. But he he was right from the start. Uh, he, he he wasn't really sort of exercise motivated, was he? Well, it's tough. The idea is always nicer than the uh, the reality of the thing, I guess. When it's a tough tough goal, you got to achieve is really difficult to change your mindset. But what just briefly touch on the life uh, of, of a cabbie, I mean, in terms of health issues and lifestyle problems well, that you have. I mean, I've, me personally, this is my, what I would say about myself, before I started 
this exercise regime. I was getting up in the morning, coming to work, stuck in traffic, getting depressed with the way that all the things that were happening in London's roads, getting annoyed with certain trade issues, eating unhealthily, and it was a vicious circle. I was basically not happy with the way my life was, and it, it, it just it gets worse and worse. The more weight you put on, the unhappier you get. And it's, it's hard to well, break the circle. You comfort, eat, and drink you comfort yeah. eat, you're stuck in traffic, you go home, you're stressed, you're tired because you're overweight and you've worked hard, so you can't exercise. It's just a vicious circle and it needed to be broken. And you just, you just got to, like, I don't know. It's just, so um, you found that instantly inspiring. I, I'm like Darren, once I had the goal and once I committed myself to that goal, I would, and I let everyone know I was going to do it, and that was it. I, I was doing it no matter what because I didn't want to lose face, and that's that was called it. Accountability. Yeah, you've got accountability exactly, yeah. amongst your peers, exactly, and your family. Yeah. There's no greater yeah that, way of achieving. To something. me, that was just that spurred me on all the time. Yeah, because I'd told everyone what I was going to do, my family, my children, and I was not going to let them down. End, end of story. That was me. I was getting to the top of that mountain, and I was going to train. I was going to get that weight off, and that was it question for both of you did your families and friends genuinely think you would you would do it yeah yeah one 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 million percent i mean just diving back on what, what we were just talking about if you look at a or if you conjured up the a classic silhouette for a, a cabbie you know it would be a flat cap uh beer belly you know uh, We've and, got a flat cap in here. Yeah. <laughs> Smaller beer bellies, Smaller perhaps. Beer yeah. Bellies, yeah. But, and that's how it is. And one of the things we, we, we try to accomplish was to try and inspire people that do sort of, uh, I won't call them mundane jobs. Sedentary uh, jobs. Sedentary jobs, yeah. you know, whether it be lorry driver, white van man, taxi driver, bus driver, even an office worker, you know. The, but there's no reason why. You, you can't, and we've proved that, you can't, if you get the right mindset, to, to turn things round. Mm. And, uh, and, and also, it counteracts stuff like diabetes, you know, I mean, heart disease, the list goes on and on. There's, were either of you or any of the other group, were you suffering from some of these ailments, some of these yeah, long-term well, conditions? Rush, Rush, Lifestyle Rush, conditions? Rush was diabetic. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he had diabetes, uh, I think he said. I, I was getting gout, and that was a lot to do with what I, I was eating. That. Yeah. Once or twice, and it is the most awful yeah, pain painful. you can experience. Very painful. I had it my big toe on my right foot. Yeah, it's and very I, painful. I couldn't not, have a bed sheet touch my toe. Exactly. Or jump, hit the but ceiling. Lot, but it's to do with diet. <laughs> yeah. All the time, if I had too much red meat and drunk too much red wine, beer yeah. all together, I knew I was going to get it. <laughs> And that was it. It's, Who it's knew you get it in your big toe? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you was just a frog there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was painful. It is very painful. I remember when I went to the, the A&E, I, I said, I think I've broken my toe. She said, no, sir, you've got gout. I said, yeah. how do you get gout? She said, oh, it's living the high life. That's what you it know, is. red wine and spinach that, and, and all sorts of... I was getting of... As asthmatic as yeah. well because I was overweight, really. Overweight and obviously breathing fumes in London every day don't help. But getting rid of weight is such an advantage health-wise. Mm. You, know, you really can't say how much better you feel when you get rid of it. Yes. And if you keep exercising, you just feel so much better. Well, I have to say, you, uh, so you were 20 stone? I was Darren? over 20 stone. And you were? Yeah, I was just over 20 stone. And you weigh now, respectively, Darren is? 16, 7 six. this morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what you, 15. 15. Yeah. That's tremendous. I mean, you both look well and healthy and bright-eyed you do i mean you've been up since four o'clock this morning yeah. or even earlier so oh, you, yeah. you both you both look good so tell us about 
this concept comes about. There's a group of you who start off initially. Who, who was the head of the committee? Who, how did you organise it amongst yourselves and get the ball rolling, what you're going to do, how you're going to achieve it? Well, Rosh, uh, as we've already mentioned, he, he sort of uh, he used to do, uh, he, he put something out. But sort of really from the start, it was it was me who sort of uh, knew what we had to do uh, because I'd already done something similar. I knew our uh, our demanding climbing mountains is, and especially if you're we was talking about altitude. So I knew from the start, and I tried to drum into everybody that we we you really need. We've got a year. We gave ourselves a, a nine on, on to the day a year to uh, get rid of a lifetime of uh, bad habits, you know, and uh, really go for it. Uh, and we, we all went about it in different ways, to be honest. We we had a few meetings. We actually met up here uh, just by the running track. Regent's Park. Yeah, in Regent's Park. And we had, uh, we had a training session up here based actually on uh, a company called B Military Fit. I did... <laughs> I did find that on uh, on the internet last night, and I saw one of the training sessions. Yeah. Some of the looks on your faces as you were finishing and going through the drill there it did, was was very funny, very amusing. It, it's, it certainly <laughs> it looked is. hard, and, and I know. I mean, John, he, uh, he really got into B military fit, but it, it it didn't suit me because I got a dodgy knee. So uh-huh. is it a lot of sort of jumping and stuff like that? But yeah, so uh, it, it was me really who sort of started. Uh, the, the the training regime and uh, pretty quickly uh, brought my friend in Tim, who's a, a great photographer and videographer, and he's also uh, he lives up north and he's he, he's always out in the, the Peak District, the Lake District, taking photographs and walking. And I've been and done a few uh, walks and that with him. So we sorted out a, a, a training plan where we went away for weekends and gradually we started off at a kinder scout in the peak district which uh it's it's not easy to get up mm. but uh they they soon pretty found out that out of the ones we was going to go and do it was the easiest one mm-hmm. and we we just pro- progressed through 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 that and as you went through the training regime, was it then that people gradually started to drop off and you could see who, yeah. was, who was actually going to be coming along with yeah. the ride with you? <laughs> yeah, well, it was really because, uh, I mean, B Military Fit came on board with us uh-huh. and they offered us all free training. Is that the Bear Grills? Bear Grills, exactly. Organisation, yeah. yeah. So they do it in the parks all around the you country. You can't expect that's ever going to be easy if you've got Bear yeah, Grills at there. Well, yeah. it's, it's not, it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, um, they took us on the, our first training session, which you probably saw mm. in Acton. And offered us, as I say, free training for a year. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Good, like, as Darren couldn't, obviously couldn't do it with his knee, but I took. I mean, I I, I did it, and I, I started off doing one session a week with him. Then after Christmas, I started doing three sessions a week, and like the weight dropped off me, and like, my fitness just improved like you wouldn't believe. So, and I mean, I was at the, I was at BMF last night. I'm still doing it three times a week. Obsessed. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's, it's it hard, be- but it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant for me. It's the best all-round body training I've ever done. It's, um, you're, making me, it's, you're making me feel like I want to start doing some more exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Kilimanjaro. Okay, so one by one, gradually. One, yeah, one by one they dropped. Well, not everyone likes to be military fit today. It was hard. It was, it was hard. Uh-huh. Darren was cut to the chase. Darren, come on, yeah, okay. come on. He wants to say something. <laughs> I do. And it, it is what it is. You know, we, we went to Kinder Scout. Uh, yeah. And and the reason why it's good to go and do stuff like that is because there's no hiding. When you got to walk up a steep hill, 
when it's absolutely hammering down with rain and it's windy, that there's no hiding. You you either do it and you get where you got to go, or you don't. You know, you can go in the gym and you can up resistance, you can up weights, you can do you can do a little bit right. So that when you climb the hill, you either get up there or you don't get up there, and it pretty and everyone will see. Who's, who's yeah, making the effort? You've got, to, you've got your fitness has got to be there to be able to do it. If, yeah, if yeah. you haven't been training, then your yes. fitness ain't going to be there, is yes, it? Exactly. So, like, then you're going to get found out on the top of the hill, and like, someone's got to get you down. Right. <laughs> and, and obviously, I mean, we're, we're, when you're out in the the, the, the Peak District and Lake District, it is, and this, I'm not being dramatic, but it could be life threatening. You know, if you're sort of exhausted and we're at the top of an hill and it's the, the weather, the weather can change. I mean, the pretty sort of yeah. uh, drastic conditions you can get up there, and it, it can be life threatening. But we weren't thinking about stuff like that. You know, we was just saying, right, we'll start here. This is uh, it's a bit of a tough hill, but let's see how we go. But right from the start, like uh, it, it just it, it showed straight away. I mean. So it sort of separated the men from the boys, shall exactly, we say, the yeah. wind from the chaff. Yeah. And you, you, you knew, probably you could see pretty quickly, who, well, who was going to be joining you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like to think, I run a football team for uh-huh. sort of 10 years. Uh, I've got to pack up because of my knee. Uh, and so motivation and uh, stuff like that. I, I, I thought I was a pretty good reader of uh, people. And with, uh, I mean, especially with Rosh, I, I tried everything with Rosh, you know. Uh, I tried to cuddle him. I tried to uh, praise him up. Uh, I also sort of gave him uh, a, a, a pretty stiff telling off in a pub after Kinder Scout. I was disgusted with him, and it was obvious that he was still smoking. And if he was serious about doing this, and you know, uh, we also left him alone. And also, it just—you either got it or you haven't got it. And it's not some—not all about the training. You've got to have. The mindset of wanting to to complete it. That's that's the first and foremost thing. Without that, everything else is going to fall by the wayside, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you've got to have a goal and a reason and a why for for doing it. And and the determination. And I don't want this to be a, a beat, beating up session on Rosh because no, no, right, yeah, without Rosh, exactly. you guys probably wouldn't have ever got yeah. together to do it in no, the first we, we, place. So, we owe him a lot so you've got a huge amount absolutely. to be grateful yeah, to Rosh. Exactly. No doubt about it. And that. he's obviously got his own reasons why he he, he could. And yeah. well, more than anything, we're gutted that Rosh didn't it must t- be do the journey shame. with us. And I bet he's no more uh, no person is I, more gutted than him. He must be done. Hopefully, he's meant to be doing it. So hopefully, he does. And if you're listening, Rosh, good luck, mate. I hope you do one day stand on when he's done it. We'll get together. We'll get him on the podcast. Well. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it gets down to you two guys and Tim, well, no, or where we got, no, we jumped we, we, a step. No, there was three of us. Three of you. There was a. Oh, you thought, said yes. Yeah, there was Brian say. as well because someone else dropped out as well. We just like he sort of fell out with a group and um, he just dropped out. He wasn't, um, and it was just the way it went. So we ended up with three of us plus Tim. So it was myself, Darren, and Brian. And um, Brian did Kilimanjaro with us. He just never quite got to the summit. Is that because sort of altitude sickness got to him or just physicality couldn't? But Brian uh, will, will tell you, and uh, there's no good beating about the bush, Steve. It, it is what it is. He, he didn't train hard enough. He right. didn't lose enough weight. Okay. He's a great guy, Brian, and he was sort of like a joke with a pack. He used to drop the F-bombs and we'd be having a conversation and he'd, he'd say this thing that everyone was thinking about, you know, everyone would be going, no, don't say it. He kind of go, bosh. Uh, but he, he was quite a lovely bloke uh, and I, I'm really pleased that we, we, we spent a year with him. On the, and it, don't get me wrong, he completed all of the the training exactly, weekends yeah. even it ended up uh with the toughest one which is the yorkshire three peaks mm-hmm. it's 25 and a half miles 
over three Yorkshire Peaks. And to join the, uh, the prestigious Yorkshire Free Peaks Club, you have to do it in under 12 hours. And we completed it in 11 hours, 43 minutes. And we was battered, yeah, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. And he, he, he did all that with us. And like, he showed a lot of heart because he hadn't trained. He, he showed a lot of heart all the way through, even on Kilimanjaro. He just, he just fell a little bit short at the end. But yeah. he showed a lot of heart. And yeah. you know, I can't yeah, take me out off to him. Let's take a very quick break just to remind you, if you love the show and would like to get involved, grab some cool stuff, get shout-outs on the show, have us create your very own London Legacy show, or even meet up with us in London for a coffee or something stronger, just head over to www.patreon.com forward slash your London Legacy. Okay, let's carry on with the show. So, you get to the top of Kilimanjaro. What happened? Who was, who was helping you? Who was training you on the actual climb part of the, the journey itself? Because it's all very well doing the physical training stuff, but the, did you have any trainer for the actual climb element of it? K- Kilimanjaro is not, not a technical climb right. at all. Uh, it's it's basically just uh, trekking up a, a really steep hill for like six days. Did you go part of a bigger group? Yes, we was part of it. We went with uh, a company called Action Challenge, uh, which, which was a great company. And uh, we, while we was out there, we, we climbed with, uh, with obviously Tanzanian guys. And there was there was one legend up there who's actually summited sort of 360 times. Jonas, his name, and he's, he's fantastic. He is yeah, a legend. Once we, once we heard we were with him and he was taking us up because he is the, like the top guy out there, it makes you feel a bit more confident, doesn't oh, it? Because nice. you know you're in good hands. Yes. And yeah. just uh, talking about the guides, that them, them guys and girls out there, they are unbelievable. Some of them are, are climbing the, on, on the sort of stages with 50-pound packs on their back with sliders and flip-flops on, you know, and they, you, you get up in the morning uh, and they, they'll, they'll cook your breakfast, they'll do a, do a dance, you'll have a knees up with them, and that really fires you up. I know it sounds strange, it's not sort of our culture, but it, it's free, and for them, they're all sort of, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. can't help it. That's brilliant. <laughs> Excuse me, they'll do that. And then, well, while you're sort of farting about, they'll have the tent down, packed up, and, and, and the mess tent, and and we'll, we'll start off, and they'll overtake you on the on the trek. With all this stuff on their heads yeah. and like on their backs, and they're they're overtaking. You're going up your poles, and they're over running past. So you're you. thinking, bloody hell, if they can do it, they'll be singing and having yeah. a laugh with you on the way by. But and the hardest get, working people I've ever seen in my life. Unless it work like that, do it with a smile on their yeah, face yeah. and get to the other end, oh. and you get there and ping. But if left by magic, your tent's all ready for you. And, Dinner's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mad, yeah, it's I mean, it sounds like it was a huge amount of fun, but it must it must have been a, a lot of hard work as well. What was the tough? What was the toughest bit for you? That's one word I wouldn't use. Fun. No. Well, you're <laughs> no, laughing no, about no. it now. Maybe no, with no. hindsight, you're looking back at it yeah. and yeah, no, seeing. Well, go on. I would I would say every day was tough. Obviously, the toughest part is the altitude, and then summit night is the toughest part physically. Every day was hard. Every single day was like doing the Yorkshire Free Peaks every day. It was. And the, the thing is, with, with our training, we go away for a weekend. So we're going, you do two days, you know, with probably a few beers in one of the nights, you know. But when you go and do Kilimanjaro, it is like six days, bang, one after the other. And you go back, you sleep in a tent. The tent's like, I don't know, six foot wide by, uh, I don't know, 10 foot long. And you get half of that with your kit bags down the middle. So you actually get a sort of a six foot by three foot space. 
So there's two of you in a tent. Two yeah, of you in a tent. Shared, yeah. Plus yeah. all your kit bags. And yeah. You've got no space at all. Uh-huh. And you, you'd every night, yeah, you'd go back and you'd be battered. And your little bit of sanctuary was this six foot by three foot. And after that was cut off, obviously, with a slant and a tent. And that would be your little sanctuary. You know, you'd go in there and you'd check your phone. Not that you'd ever get, like, a signal, but you, you might just... You check, and you'd do your, all, your, all your checks for the next day. You'd make sure your light was there and everything was all ready for the next day. And then you'd, you'd lay there and sometimes you'd even go asleep. You know, because you, you, although you're you're so exhausted, the wind's battering the tent. There's like jungle noises outside. You know, there might be a rustle, there might be a bang. You might want to go away, which is an absolute one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You got to get out and not trip over guidelines and, and rocks yeah. and that. And zip up the tent. Zip up the tent. And it's minus five out there today. It's, Lovely. You mean you're tired every day? Okay, so I used the wrong word. It wasn't fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> It was bloody awful. <laughs> but you're looking back on it now with a sense yeah, of humour. Yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, like, there were some parts of it you think, my God, what have I done? What, yeah. what, what the, have I done? <laughs> the, the memories, you couldn't buy the memories off me. Yeah. They are priceless. And that part of it is fun. I love talking about how we've done it. And when we was doing it, I loved it, you know. But there was times when I was doing it, I was thinking, what am I doing? Like this is, I'm, I'm, I'm knackered. My legs are hurting. I'm, I'm launching that some days like six painkillers down my neck because my knees killing me. And you say, how far is it? And they go, oh, it's round the corner. But round the corner of them is like five times over and back over Shooter's Hill. You know what I mean? And it, it was it at times it was purgatory, but you couldn't buy the memories off it. I love the memories. You know that I can. And I will eat out on them for the rest of my life. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So when you finally reach the summit six days on, emotional? Emotional, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I was, I was that exhausted. I just couldn't even think straight. I mean, I was, I was having hallucinations. I just staggering, like couldn't breathe. It was only, you only got 50% of the oxygen up there. And like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think I had any emotion left in me. Yeah, <laughs> we we got the stellar point, and we was both bad. We was proper. I mean, John had a balaclava on, but I could see just by his eyes. I could see exactly, how, and he was. I was bad. I was bad probably an hour and a half from the top. So when I say we dragged our knuckles up up the last bit, we did. So you get to Stellar Point and they give you a cup of ginger tea. They're just one of the, and it's like boiling not out of a flask. But by the time it's minus twenty up there, so it's, by the time you get your glove off, you know, and you've got this like shaky hand because it's like lukewarm. Yeah. I'm worried about the, the guides. That's where the guides send you down. That ain't that ain't the peak. Uh, that's not the top of Kilimanjaro. Another, another hour to the peak from there. So. Uh, Tim wants to take a photograph. I'm like, no, no, let's just go, just just go. But we we was from there. We just we was stumbling over the the, the stupidness of like well, obstacles. I was like, like little the differences in height. You just the, couldn't raise your legs. Yeah, yeah we was. We so just exhausted. We, it was like we just literally dragged our knuckles up to the top. And then when we get to the top, I, I thought. I'd be saying something poignant, you know, that's one small step for man, yeah. one giant leap for cabbies or something. <laughs> and Tim says to me, well, Darren, he said, uh, tell the people how you feel. We're standing on the roof of Africa. He said, and we're looking at the curvature of the earth and the glacier over there. Tell the people how you feel. And at this point now, I've got a big, like, down coat on, you know, with my face, and I'm, I'm crying my eyes out. And all I can muster up, I don't really want it to see I'm crying, but there ain't no, like, I'm sort of... <laughs> And all I say is, I am battered. 
I am battered like I've never been battered before. <laughs> and, and when I think about it, I was like, no. That'll why go did, down in the annals of time as, a, as one of the great <laughs> speeches. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's just, I, I, like John said, I, I was that exhausted and battered. I, I, someone asked you how you feel, I'm going to tell them. And at that point, it didn't matter. They can send me down because we'd got to where we want to go. Then you got to get down though. That ain't easy either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, both of you guys look emotional now just even talking yeah, about yeah, it. It's, 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 uh, it was, bring it up. Yeah, yeah it that's is. amazing. Well, it's fantastic. As you say, the downward journey is not easy either. That, that puts a completely different pressure on the knees, on your knees and the, the joints. Yeah, and you've come down a scree slope because they, they get you down quicker. Yeah. You go down a quicker way and literally it's like a scree <laughs> slope. I mean, you're falling down. And you're, we're falling all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Falling all over How the place. long did you have up on the summit? Was it literally minutes? 30 minutes. Yeah. You want to get down. You want to yeah. get down out of the altitude because it's so... Yeah. It's, but you have to do it inhospitable well, up do. there isn't it no well as soon as you touch that sign you do and you've got like the, the, the photographs you do just want to get down you just, you've just had enough of it by then you know and uh, we're, we're coming down at the scree slope like John says and coming down for about an hour we was really going slow though you know, it really took its toll by then and uh, the, the porters ended up sort of we had one under each arm and they have a, a walking pole and they like run you down the, the the scree, so you just sort of move your legs. You know, at times I was like happy just to lay my legs back and just let them drag me down. You didn't yeah. care, I didn't care I was going to get down. Was there a point after your descent when you have like a celebratory party with everyone on the, on the team? Yeah, you do that when you actually get down, but before you do that, you've got to go down to the camp and then you like have some lunch. Don't forget you've been climbing all through the night. This is 11 o'clock, one o'clock next day. You have some lunch, then you've got a three hour hike down to the next camp then you have a night's sleep and in the morning you've got a six hour hike out of there to till you get to your party <laughs> and do, do you have some sort of medical attention on the way down to check check you yeah, okay you've, you've had a medic with us and yeah. he, he just, he they're constantly keeping an eye on you well yeah they can see who's in trouble couldn't they yeah he did he sorted me out second day i got altitude sickness pretty bad which i thought it was over for me I what, thought, what does that feel like i, I didn't get the headache but it's it feels like you've had about I don't know, nine pints of Stella. I wouldn't know that and, feeling. And a moody curry, you know. <laughs> uh, all at once, it, I, I sort of started feeling a bit nauseous. And, and I, I hadn't drunk enough, so I tried to catch up a bit with the water. And we're just like walking along, trekking. And I just sort of done, done the exorcist and started projectile vomiting. And everyone sort of looks at you. And you nearly fainted sort of thing, didn't yeah. you? You just fainted. Yeah. It did. I just it all just like all come over me. And they like sat me down and they ushered everyone off. They don't, I'm thinking like, something bad happening here. Yeah. So they give me a pill, stop me uh, feeling sick. And they give me a drink. And then they started walking me down the riverbed. So, uh, and now I think they're taking me down. So, and I, you know, like, I felt really bad, but I was thinking, no, they ain't going to take me down. So I said to the medic, I said, uh, you, like, you ain't taking me down. So I said, no, you're all right. You're all right. And, then, and then I start, I'm getting more irate. And I said to him, you ain't taking me down. I'm telling you, oh, it's my life. It's my decision. You and he said to me, quite in quite firm words, Darren, we're not taking you down. He said, but if you don't stop what you're doing, he said, we will be. Yeah. So I was like, what? <laughs> sort of like, okay. <laughs> that was you told. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's an am amazing achievement, guys. And um, how, how much have you raised then for your chosen charity? Well, all in all, the, the, if you round off the figure, it's about £18,000, which is a, another really humbling, and we're, we're, we're so proud. Yeah, because like our original, when we set out a year ago, we looked at a target of 20000 
but our numbers we had three times the amount of people out then so to come through and do it with the numbers we've got and get just under the 20,000 I think yeah. we've done brilliantly no, and like we just can only thank everyone who's contributed online and all our friends and families they've been brilliant everyone who's backed us so been just really say a word about the charity you've raised the funds for yeah, it's the taxi charity for military veterans it's um, been running for like since after the Second World War, and they take all the um, the veterans to Normandy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do day day trips over here for the for the old boys. Take them out, and well, in which case it's uh, quite poignant today because as I came out Great Portland Street Station, there are all the uh, oh, the Remembrance Day, all the Remembrance yeah, Day. Yeah, uh, poppies were being sold, so I thought yeah. I'd get my current one not as big as yours but <laughs> gave my little donation no yeah. fan fantastic obviously uh, yeah charity to raise funds for amazing and you should be very very proud of yourselves uh so what have you got lined up next oh before we go on to that tell me about your tanzania exploits oh, yeah, yeah. because you yeah. now are ambassadors yeah, so, so basically the, um, the tanzanian tourist board um we've been liaising with them before we went to tanzania and they, they offered to, they wanted to make us tourism ambassadors, goodwill ambassadors for the country, the first ones in the UK for 60 years. So um, we were really honoured by that. And they, when we landed in Kilimanjaro Airport, when we arrived, they were there to meet us. We had like Maasai dancers. They weren't just there to meet us, Steve. We <laughs> was like film stars. <laughs> Brian looked out the window and he went, yeah, there's all cat TV cameras there. This is when you landed in yeah. the country before we'd done the drive. Yeah. We'd done the climb. Yeah. So no pressure. <laughs> no. So uh, Brian's looking at it, he said that. And was like, no, it can't be. I said, I, said, I said, they're for us, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> oh, we got off the plane. They said, come this way. And everyone else was ushered that way. And we just went straight to the VIP. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant. We had cameras like filming <laughs> us. We had like top dignitaries from the government meeting yeah. us there yeah, wonderful it was just incredible why, why did they choose i'm not being funny but why did they choose you because you're not the first brits to climb you know no, they sort of, i think they bought into the concept of what we were doing uh-huh uh, they, they, they see you believe it or not people will well people do from all around the world they see the london black cab as an icon yes of britain of course and for them us coming and doing it in their country they picked up on it on social media and they, they ran with it and, and it gives them a nice connection back to london and Britain, exactly it? Yeah. And, and, they, and they treated us so well i mean they took us on safari when we finished our climb showed oh. us sites that we'll never forget did you know this beforehand that you knew they, yeah, they, they were taking us but they we never would have realized exactly how good it was going to be we went on a, a, a balloon safari over the serengeti oh, at dawn I mean, it was, it was just unbelievable. Unguru, Unguru, Gora. Yeah, Unguru, Gora Crater. Yeah, that was stunning. Is, if you yeah. jaw down at your floor yeah. when you see that, then you better check your we pulse. We couldn't believe yeah. it. When, they first, when we first clapped eyes on that crater, we were up in the, on the mountains on the rim, and there's a Serena Hotel there, and they took us for lunch there. And you sit, and they've got big plate glass windows. You're looking into the crater, and we just couldn't even eat our dinner. We were just staring at it. It was just... I've never seen a site like it in my yeah. life. It it, it's like straight yeah. out of a, a, a film set. You expect like Jura uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic like yeah. the Tyrannosaurus Rex to just run yeah, across it's, it. It's just unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, we never knew all this existed until we went there. And you still have a, a close connection with them now. Are you still in, yeah. oh, in touch? Yeah. Very much so. I mean, at, at the end, at the end of uh, after six days of taking us on safari and our wives. They uh they they said right we're 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 gonna have a a, a meal sort of at the end so it was like okay then lovely I want you to do a speech and it's like right yeah no worries 
and it was actually at the uh, Mount Muru Hotel in Arusha. Uh, uh, they actually had a gala evening for Cabbies Do Kilimanjaro. Yeah. With the British ambassador present? Yeah, and that, the, the, really, yeah. It was the British High Commissioner, uh, yeah. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Cook. Sarah Cook. Yeah. So, uh, and I actually went in and met Sarah Cook and uh, the uh, Thomas, I can't remember his second name, Thomas, and the uh, Deputy Prime Minister for Tanzania. So I was sitting there in the room and hopefully you'll see some uh, so we'll see some good come out on that and on Black Cab soon. There's a little, hopefully they're going to do a, a cab rap. A you cab know, rap. A taxi rap, you know. Oh, I see, to, right, to, to as, as opposed to a rapping yeah, yeah. song. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've, I've seen um, Cab Wash, oh, right, yeah, <laughs> which is hysterical. <laughs> anyone, who wants, anyone who wants to check you out doing that, <laughs> that's that's very, very amusing. No, that's, that's fantastic. So you've raised a lot of money. You've lost a lot of weight. Mm. That, between you, you've lost um, eight, eight, nine stone. Eight, nine stone. Between us two, yeah. Eight and a half stone. Yeah. You've made your sales, sales feel better. Oh, yeah. Physically, so, uh, mentally. And we're, we're, we're not stopping here. I mean, we're, we're training now harder for the next year. What's next? Well, myself and Darren are climbing Mount Maru uh, next, next year, which is 15,500 feet. And when we've climbed it and come down, we're going to... And so where's Mount Maru? It's in Tanzania. Okay. It's two kilometres from Kilimanjaro. Well, it's, it's a bit further than that. Yeah, it's a bit further than two kilometres. Ain't going to argue over two kilometres. <laughs> no, no, boys. Down it's about, now. It's about 70, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you see it from a distance, I think it is, yeah. Right. Anyway, it's about an hour, hour and a half drive. But anyway, well, for you guys, there's nothing. We're going to come down straight from there and go directly to the base of Kilimanjaro, where we aim to meet with a, a bigger team of London taxi drivers who are going to climb, we're going to take up to the top of Kilimanjaro. Which is where you're heading off after yeah, our conversation here to meet up with... New recruits, basically, who want, to, who want to do the same as what we did last year, want yeah. to improve their lives, improve their fitness. Hopefully, we, we exactly, the, we, what we set out to do at the start inspired other yeah. people to do the same sort of journey yeah, as then, we've done. And then they can come and see the beautiful country that we've just visited and, and see the sites that we've Fantastic. seen. Fantastic. So you're now taking on a role above and beyond that which you thought you were doing originally because now you're inspiring other people well we, we all, that was always part of the plan was really, it? to be honest from the start wasn't it it was to inspire others but it's just developed now into a way of like taking them back ourselves and showing them exactly like explaining exactly what we've done how to achieve what we've achieved and hoping that they they, they buy into it and, and, and go with us next year and and visit this lovely country you're going to show them before and after pictures of yourselves well if they're, if they're cabbies i mean it, and this this sounds that we were being sort of arrogant, and I don't mean to come over like it. But if you're cabbage, you, you would have heard of cabbage do Kilimanjaro. It's sort of quite big. So everyone I expect who's going to be there today would have followed us followed on one of the story. Yeah, either Twitter, yeah. Instagram, or our Facebook page. Cabbage do Kilimanjaro. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give them all. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's fantastic because you've lost the weight, you've raised funds. You've done wonderful things for yourself. You've seen parts of the world you never thought you'd get to see. You developed relationships with Tanzania, and we've uh, and I've now developed a love of hiking. You had it already, <laughs> a, love, a love of hiking, because we've been out, like climbing Snowdon, the Free Peaks. Yeah. I've never done that before. You've done that before, Dan. But for me, I've developed a love for it. I never it never existed eighteen months yeah. ago. So I think it's a it's a wonderful story. It's a truly inspirational story, and the fact you're going on to to inspire other people in the same position you were presumably there'll be other fatties exactly yeah with all due respect to you know who will want to do the same thing and so it'll sort of become maybe viral who knows it's it's, it's great so 
before we wrap up, um, because I know you're going to to your next meeting to uh, railroad a few more people into doing it. Yeah. <laughs> give out how people can find out more about you and uh, all your social media. Let's go to the social media guru, Darren, over you, there. You, give, put, you put me right on it. You know? <laughs> give out all the links and social media connections and how people can find you. Right. So uh, our, our website is cabbagedokilimanjaro.com. All our backstories, every, all the stories for this year, videos, uh, and everything we've done and everything we're going to do. And also, uh, it'll be updated so they'll have all the, the newer people that's doing it. They'll have the backstories and how much weight they're losing on there. Uh, on Twitter's, it is uh, hashtag CabbageDoKilly. Uh, and Instagram, CabbageDoKillyManjaro. Uh, so yeah, all, all of them we, we post on regular. We we love people commenting, and uh, if anything new happens or whatever, and anything we've done, and also, uh, but there will be links to uh, the Tanzanian Tourist Board uh, that will be doing some great deals to Tanzania next year. Not only to climb Kilimanjaro or Mount Meru, but also to go on safari and to Zanzibar, yeah, and to the Nguru Guru. Because I've I've really I'm not just saying it. Tanzania, it really is a beautiful, special country. The people are fantastic, and uh, it really is Africa's best kept secret, as far as. So, uh, are you thinking of opening concerned. this up to people beyond yes, the Cabbie yes, Network? Yes, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Now, now. Oh, blimey, got me thinking now. Well, you're, you're more than welcome to come, yeah. Steve. We'd love to have you. Ah, oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing out excuses already. Fantastic. So, before we wrap up, I always ask my guests at this point of the comment. I don't think you were here when I mentioned it. Oh, I did. I did ask you. Mm. If you can think of one or two places in London that are particularly personal, that you love, and you can recommend to people, well, it be anything. Yeah. I mean, me personally, there's a couple of places. One road, I mean, it's, it's, I was there the other day, and I dropped someone there. And it's, it's like, for me, it's like a little oasis. In, um, it's a beautiful road, especially autumn, like Camberwell Grove. Every time I drive down there, I look, I thought, I'd love to live here. It's got all the Edwardian houses up the side, it's tree-lined, and this time of year, I'd, it's just something, it's got something about it for me, and it's in the middle of the camp world, but it's, it doesn't look like it is, do you know what I mean? Maybe when you get your ambassadorial you residence. You never know. That, that like... and <laughs> Alexandra Palace, you drive up there and you have a look over London. For me, it's the best view in London. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got two special places for me. Uh, Blackie Village. I love Blackie Village. It's like going back in a time warp. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, some great pubs in there. You know, the the, the Crown and the, the, the Princess of Wales. Uh, I just sort of love Greenwich Park. It's over the other side. I love that area. Lucky enough not to live that far from there. So quite often, you, you might even see me walking past with a 15-pound rucksack on a big pair of boots. <laughs> <laughs> and the other place is Tower Bridge. I love Tower Bridge and I love it because obviously it's an icon but also I used to live just not far from Jamaica Road and uh, we, we probably don't pronounce a W when we say Tower Bridge you know and Mansi's Tower Bridge Road you know Pie and Mesh I love stuff like that uh -huh. and it's always always special so uh and I recommend anyone to go and do the Tower Bridge experience which I've done myself I've uh, not done it yet it's on my, on my bucket list cabins. yeah, yeah. And I think, in fairness to your sponsors and all the people who've supported you, you want to give a shout-out to any of your sponsors? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, main ones, really, uh, 
would be ubiquitous. Uh, fantastic. Thank you for wrapping the cabs, and hopefully we can work with you again next year. Plan insurance, always fantastic. Who's that? A plan? Uh, plan. Plan. Plan insurance. Yeah, plan tax insurance. Okay, they they yeah. do other insurances as well, but uh, they're always good, and they've uh, really supported us. Yeah, we were backed by Free Now as well. They were very good. For, they supported us. They, they, uh, they was actually our biggest sponsor. Our biggest sponsor. Who was that? Uh, Free Now, the, the app, taxi app in London. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we, could, we had quite a lot of help from the trade, to be honest, yeah, didn't we? we? LCDC, yeah, uh, like, London Cabbies. United Cabbies Group, United LCDC. There was, and the Cab Drivers Club. There's so many. Well, I've, these are all that people can look up and check out. And if they go onto your website, no doubt they can find, you know, list of your sponsors and references to them and how yeah, to, how to find them. Yeah, they're all on there, yeah. Military Fit. I've, I've mentioned Be Military Fit. I know they're <laughs> yeah, they got We've a got good shout out. <laughs> Bear, Bear Grylls, I don't think he needs much. Uh, but, but thank you very much to, to everyone who sponsored you. Yeah. Thank you very much for the work you've done and the thank money you've you. raised for a very, very good cause. And it's just an absolute pleasure to have you both, uh, maybe I should rephrase that, to be talking to both of you in the, in the back, back of Darren's cab out here in Regis Park. It's been an absolute treat and I'm glad you reached out to me. Right. And yeah. thank you so much indeed. Well, yes. thanks for having us, Steve. Yeah, and, thank uh, you, Steve. And thanks for all the, the, the good you do as well, bringing uh, London and stories to the, to the rest of us. You know, it is a pleasure to hear some of them and not a pleasure to hear so many others. But uh, no, it, it's always good and it's great, you know, that uh, it, something like this has come up. I don't I don't think there's anything else like this I out don't there. think there is and I no, hopefully great, there yeah. won't be. Well, maybe there is. But um, when we started Your London Legacy eight, 16 months ago, it was an idea that came to me when I was in hospital. I was telling um, John before, and uh, I love it. I love meeting great characters and personalities who are doing wonderful things in and around London, like you guys. And it's been an absolute treat for me. Yeah, so uh, we're all yeah. doing what we enjoy, and you never That's know. I might, I might be climbing up with you next year. You there never you know. You never know. He's pointing we'll it. Oh God! I've, I've done it now. I put it out there. Nice. Booking in for BMF on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Cheers, Steve. Thank Thanks, you. Steve. Every week here at Your London Legacy, we bring straight to your device a new and fascinating guest with a wonderful London-based story. We hope you enjoy listening to their timeless stories as much as we enjoy creating them for you. If so, the best way to show your appreciation is to subscribe to the show. Simply go to www.yourlondonlegacy.com and pop your name and email in the box where shown. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Thank you for your support.